morning. I'm Joan Hogan welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. As we all know, we can't have this program without our favorite Prairie Doc, Rick Holm. He's here. He's ready to answer any questions you might have. As most of you know, his specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings. He's served as a clinical professor at the USD. And he's just been one active man in medicine. And he is a wealth of knowledge. Happy to share with you today. All you need to do is give us a call. Call us at 692-1430. Any medical questions in this man knows it all. Uh Or if he doesn't, he'll find out. I can say I don't know. I I have a question for you. Yes. Does Joni choose your tie to match your shirt? No, no, no. Okay, because I'm kind of challenged in that area. So Beth always, like, lays out my clothes. Does she? Really? Well, the major thing that you have to do is you have to have your tie match your pants. That's the big key. Really? Don't worry about the shirt. Well, the shirt, it's it's nice to have it correlate, you know, but it, it might be just a little fleck of something going on in the tie that you would tie the, sh- the shirt in but it's the main thing is the tie needs to match your pants do ties usually go with blue jeans well i'm you know this is this is just he's dressed from the waist up tie sport coat looking spiffy because he's going to have to tape something uh for it, television but from the waist down he's in jeans and tennis shoes yeah, <laughs> yeah didn't have to worry about it because nobody's going to tape that part right no no <clears throat> so but what, uh, anyway, anyway, what were we talking about? Well, we weren't talking about that. We were talking about people giving us a call, 692 oh, oh, you know, Yeah, let's, let's really ask for a call. I mean, come on. It's a, this is your show. We'd like to have your questions. We're going to talk about the show that we're going to have tomorrow night on TV, which is about pets and human behaviors. You know, people love their pets. You ever watch some of those uh, HGTV shows and they're all worried about if there's room for their pets. My husband and I sit there thinking, get rid of the damn dog and just buy the house. You yeah. Know, just <laughs> but people really do love their pets. They just do. It, it's and now you found, and they family. found, that pets really can help people to be healthy. I've had four dogs in my life. You have. And you've loved them all? Two of them were as kids, uh, as a child, and then two of them were uh, uh, as an adult, as a, a parent. So uh, we try to share that same story to our kids. Yeah, Bob. Did you hear the story coming out of northern Minnesota this morning? A two-year-old boy wandered off from the farm, said that his grandmother was supposed to be, you know, the kids were outside playing, stumbled away and got lost. They called and called and called. It's getting dark. They can't find him. What do they do? Turn out the family dog. Dog found him okay. Really? Kept him company, saved him warm. They finally got a, a plane to come up with a thermal imaging camera, and they were able to see this little bitty speck of a two-year-old and a big speck big of the shaggy farm dog that was keeping him company. <laughs> oh, so, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Great story. That's right. It's so scary. Well, that's and a the perfect kids can story. Be, they can be lost close to home in a farm because... The fields are just... Those cornfields, just yeah. like going in the jungle, you, you know? You just can't, yeah. can't find them. Well, no. thank God that turned out all right, and the dog was there to say, rescue them. So dogs, dogs, all kinds of pets really can be helpful. Well, and, you know, the government says that uh, you can have a dog that is a service dog, that, pro- you know, that provides the seeing eyes of a blind person or uh, the ears of a of a deaf person <clears throat> and also it could be the person to remind uh, a mentally healthy person to have their me- or men- mentally health mental health uh, compromised person with to take their medicine or to reassure them if they're stressing out 
these kinds of service animals are all dogs, except uh, miniature horses are been, have been worked in they by have. the miniature horses. Yeah, because it has been beneficial to people. Well, I mean, some of these people need to travel by wheelchair or something, and they they hang on to the the horse takes them off somewhere. Uh, you can also walk with your arm around the miniature horse. Uh, and I don't know what else the miniature horse does. I'm, but I'm not an expert, but right. we'll find out tomorrow night. We have an expert with us. You do? Yeah. Well, that's Prairie Doc. On call with the Prairie Doc. It's on Thursday night. If you're new to it, you really should check it out. Thursday night, South Dakota Public Television. We're going to take our first break. We know you're going to give us a call. We Any appreciate med- that medical call. questions you might have, we'll get to those right after these Thank words. You. Welcome back to Prairie Deck Radio. Joan Hogan here with Dr. Rick Holm, ready to answer any questions you might pose of a medical nature. We did have one woman call in, and it's a timely thing that she's asking us about, and it's flu shots. She has had flu shots for 25 years. She's probably built up immunity now, so won't need them anymore. <coughs> oh, she's not wrong. True. <laughs> not true, not true. No, uh, we need to have flu shots, and you need to do them on a regular basis Which every means year. yearly. That's right. Uh, and as you get older, your immune system probably wanes, so you need to have it even more so than uh, before. So they actually, they, they're moving into a um, four times as strong flu shot for the elderly, uh, or the elderly being 60 or older. Are Which you, doesn't seem real elderly to you, us, does you're it? You're not in that category yet, <laughs> are you, Joan? Yeah, she said, I'm giving you the stronger one. I said, really? Yeah. You get yeah. the stronger one, and it stimulates your immune system, and it works twice as well for you than the old one, uh, the, or the lower-dose one that we give to the young people whose immune systems are hot and Johnny on the spot. Right. So. Um, and flu shots, believe it or not. If you haven't noticed, you can get them almost anywhere. You walk into the Brookings Clinic and just say, I want a flu shot. They'll have you sign in. You go back. You get your flu shot. If you go to any pharmacy in town, They'll do the, I'd like a flu, flu shot. shot. It's it. just it's so easy to get them. We have made this so simple for people. You have to be a simple person not to get one. But, right? you know, yeah. <laughs> Simple-minded no. not to get a flu <clears throat> shot. It, the, the reason to do it is not about you it's about the people whose immune systems are compromised and so it's for the very elderly or the very young it's for the people who have cancer and are getting chemotherapy it's for people who have uh, uh, immunological conditions like lupus or rheumatoid arthritis that are taking uh, Humana or I mean um, Humera or all of the rheumatologic uh, medications, the people who are on those biologic medicines for psoriasis, etc. All the people that are getting uh, things that compromise your immune system, steroids of any kind and so on, uh, should um, be protected from the flu and and flu shot doesn't help them nearly as much. <clears throat> as living in a herd of people who have had their flu shot. So it's the herd immunity that's important for the people who are immunocompromised. So you, you're doing the flu shot for others. For yourself and for everyone around you. You that's really right. benefit the people near you. Right. Okay, so please get those flu shots. Please. Quite often, if you're my age, <laughs> you don't even pay for them, right? They're right. just free. They're, they're if you're... Uh, on Medicare, right? Mm-hmm. They're free. If you're on Medicaid, they're free. There's so many ways that they're free that it's just, it's, sim- it's simply simple not 
to get them. Yes. You simply must. It's an important thing to do. Absolutely. Please do it. Well, we had a caller who was uh, concerned about seizures. This woman witnessed a person suffering a seizure and felt absolutely terrible because she couldn't do anything. But fortunately, there were people there that acted. What can you do if you're not medical when someone's having a seizure? All right. Well, first thing, people, the, the old wives' tale is just put something in their mouth so they don't chew on their tongue. Well, sometimes they ram things into people's mouths and uh, cause more harm than good. If you do have uh, two or three popsicle sticks that are wrapped and, and are, are safe and they can chew on that, okay. Um, uh, but uh, uh, as a rule, you don't put a spoon in somebody's mouth. You don't, that's not the first thing to do. The first thing to do is to uh, roll the person over on their side so that they're not inhaling all of the stuff that's in their mouth, <clears throat> including the spoons and the sticks that you've been putting in their mouths that you shouldn't be putting in their mouth. So <clears throat> put them on their side and uh, hold them uh, gently <clears throat> so that they don't hurt themselves as they're jerking and doing that uh, the seizure type of activity until it goes away. Now, the other thing is to reassure people who are all standing around panicking and wanting to stick things in their mouth. <laughs> uh, that we're, we've got the person where we have them on their side and we, and, um, and we have called for some help. The majority of time when the ambulance arrives, uh, the person has awakened and they don't want to spend the money for an ambulance and um, they can get home by themselves or with help of the family that has been notified. So I would I would say the most the the you call for help, get them on their side, watch them carefully, you know, and just make sure that they're safe as they are laying on their side, and uh, reassure the uh, crowd, and wait for the ambulance. Well, that's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. I think this woman will feel better. Yeah, I've never witnessed someone. You've never had. You've never. No, no. Oh gosh, it's frightening. I I'm glad I haven't. Yeah. I had, uh, we witnessed them day in and day out at the Grady Hospital when I was training there and when I was teaching years ago. And, I mean, it was just commonplace. And uh, so we we got used to it. Every once in a while, there's a person who, who does a fake seizure. Uh, and there was a lady on a Sunday morning dressed up to the nines right after church. She had a seizure, and, the, and they brought her to the emergency room. And I could see that it was it was a um, it was meant for something else. I mean, it might have been a panic seizure, or it might have been uh, a, a call for help. I'm not sure what it was. And so, what I did was, <coughs> excuse me, I examined her, and while I was I'm, I'm examining her, I whispered in her ear so that not her, so her family, who were all looking on and worrying about her. <coughs> wouldn't hear I, I said um, I know this isn't a real seizure but I'm not gonna make a fuss just let's settle down and we'll get you home and her seizures immediately went away <laughs> but you never found out <clears throat> well I you know I did discuss in front of the family you know is, are, are there stresses going on in, in the family are there problems that could be happening that we should address? All these things can bring on seizures. <laughs> okay. And um, 
I don't remember getting a good answer. I, all I can remember is whispering in her ear and the seizure stopping. But you know, the, those are rare, rare occasions. The real, you know, real, real seizures are the real deal. And what brings on seizures? What illnesses do you have to bring them on? Well, uh, the most common cause is a rapid rise of the, f- the temperature. And um, if you get to a certain temperature fast enough, it will, it will bring everybody into a th- seizure. In fact, seizures are sort of like a thing that will happen in anybody's brain if you reach a certain threshold of irritability. You know, for example, if there's a, to a lack of oxygen, sometimes I'll see people having a heart attack, heart goes into absolute uh, sh- stoppage. The, um, the patient doesn't have oxygen to their brain and then they have a seizure. So it's part of the cardiac arrest. Uh, not always, but sometimes. Uh, I have seen it happen when they drank too much coffee. Uh, they were drinking strong Turkish coffee. Uh, I have seen it happen when, um, and they had, a, they had a seizure condition in the first place, so they, were, they had a lower threshold anyway. I have mostly seen seizures occur when they didn't take their medicine like they were supposed to, and they had a chronic recurring seizure condition. I've seen people uh, seize. Um, what other things have I seen? seen You've seen a lot. Head you really trauma. Have. A lot of things can cause it. Head but you trauma. were talking about a. Se- you mentioned a seizure condition. What is a seizure condition? Oh well, that was the question, wasn't it? So it's <laughs> it's a threshold of irritability to the brain. What I said. Okay. But. Um, uh, so there's certain conditions you can have in a lifetime that are that you have to watch for seizures. Well, yeah, I mean, and I was trying to explain those thresholds of irritability, low okay. oxygen, poisons, uh, toxins. Uh, uh, and <coughs> But I would say this, that if a person who um, is normal otherwise and has, a, has seizures, um, so oftentimes they'll have had head trauma, and they'll have a little scar in a certain part of their brain, and the scar is the nidus, the center, the, s- the source of uh, the trigger uh, when, the, when a, the threshold gets too low and it isn't much of a threshold. You know, usually it takes a lot before you and I would seize, but if you have a scar, it takes just a little. Uh, so uh, uh, I think that that's uh, one, one thing you have to be aware of is that it, scar tissues, some people have... Uh, a seizure disorder that they inherited. You can't find a scar, but it's there. There's a nidus, there's a source in the person whose threshold is um, automatically lowered from Just inherited. some reason. Mm-hmm. What about epilepsy? It's Epilepsy is another word for a person who has the condition of recurring seizures. Oh, okay. So it's just a... Just a another na- you know nom- nomenclature issue. Oh. So right. seizures are... And, you know, there's different kinds of seizures. There's the major tonic-clonic seizure. There is no s- source, no focus. It just explodes, and there it is, jerk, 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 and then it goes away, okay? That's a, um, a centralized tonic-clonic seizure. A person who has a seizure that starts in their hand is a focal seizure. And oftentimes a focal seizure, it'll start in their hand and it'll go up the arm and it'll go into the, uh, the, bo- the whole body and then it'll hit the brain and then they have a major tonic-clonic seizure. 
but if it's a focal seizure it starts somewhere might be in the foot could be in the, the whatever but it uh, for example starts in the I've seen it start in the hand and it goes up to the arm uh, and it's just there and it's a focal seizure uh, f- about uh, something like 50% of focal seizures you can find the source 25% of major tonic-clonic seizures you can't find uh, you, you'll be able to find the sources and 75% you cannot now I don't know what the, the I, I can't remember that those are the exact numbers but focal Close. seizures are most often caused by a tumor or a new lesion or a new problem and it definitely needs a careful workup it does okay. well both of them do but <clears throat> once a workup has been done for a person and they have recurring seizures and the workup is done you don't have to do a CAT scan and a full workup every time. All right. Well, that's a lot of information about seizures. I you I'm never fascinated. knew any of that stuff. Uh, Is that no, brand new? It, We've it never really, talked about yeah, it. I don't think we've talked about seizures hmm. before. I found it fascinating. If there's any questions about what we just discussed, give us a call at six nine two fourteen thirty. We'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. We just had a question come in, and I'm trying to read it and talk. I don't do two things well at once. Never had. So I will just thank you for the call. I will read it out loud. Uh, If only I could. Oh, 66-year-old woman had electrolysis electrolysis to remove hair. Now when she touches her chin, she feels numbness and electrical shock. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So she had electrolysis to remove hair, <clears throat> but it whenever she touches her chin, she can feel numbness and electric shock. Would right. it stay in your... Well, never? what happened was that the electrolysis involved the nerves there. Hit a nerve. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, so there is a electrolysis-induced neuropathy. Now, I just don't... I have not run into this before. And I haven't read about it, but I would say this, that uh, it's likely that the uh, nerve damage will repair itself at least to some degree. And that the numbness and the tingling that she's having when she touches the area where the electrolysis occurred will will go away or will, will greatly reduce itself. Is it worth her visiting a doctor for nope. this, I no. don't. I I you would say this. Wait. Uh, no. Well, I would say this that it would be a reasonable idea to uh, to make sure your B12 is correct because oftentimes a low level of B12 uh, and and that can cause major problems long term, including dementia. Uh, but B12 levels uh, that are too low will allow neuropathies to occur uh, easier. And how do you check your B12 level? It's a blood test. It's a blood test. So you would see a, a physician. Mm-hmm. Okay. The question that she had uh, com- connected with this, she wants to know, is electrolysis safe? They've been doing it for years. I, so You know, I all I know is that a lot of people get it, and it helps. And they get rid of their hairs. So they're happy. Up everywhere. Yeah. I don't in have her a, case, she probably just She had a little nerve. side effect. Yeah, and, she did. you know, neuropathy is one of those things in the chin, it won't hurt you. If you have it in your feet, you might stumble or you could walk on a rock you could have sores that develop so uh, neuropathy is uh, and your nerves tend to uh, recover the the nerves will re you know will re um, cannulate okay In, in other words if you cut a nerve but you kept the insulation that was around the nerve if you cut a nerve up at the shoulder level 
everything downstream would, would die. But in a period of about 6 to 12 months, the nerve would re-canalize, will re-develop uh, down that sheath. Down that same area. Down that tube and uh, re-establish itself. So your nerves are working well, so she should be okay. She should be Hopefully. okay. But B, did you say B12? B12 level. B12 level. All right, very good. Well, we appreciate our calls. We've got another call, and it's a woman calling about losing her hair. She has tried nioxin and vitamins. Any other suggestions that would help? Get younger. No, no <laughs> that's, get, that's get not younger. fair. So, um, so it depends upon how uh, this kind of hair thing is happening. No, we're not talking about hair in her chin. This is right. a totally Isn't different it, woman. No, this is the opposite <laughs> this is problem. The opposite. This is losing She's hair. She's losing her hair in her head. <laughs> and this happens when you get older. Right. We all know our hair gets thinner. But in her case, she's probably, it's quite a concern. And she's tried different yeah. things. Right. Do you have any other suggestions for her I to do. retain hair? Yeah. I've, I've dealt with this uh, all through my career. Uh, people will lose hair. The majority of it is that their hair gets thinner as they're older. And if they inherited... Uh, a baldness and they're a woman in particular sometimes it gets too thin and you know they're just it's frustrating now there's hair loss replacement where they take hair from your armpits and they put it up on the top and that's very expensive but uh, oftentimes guys will do that they, uh, have you ever thought about doing that bob no my arms are hairy enough i just <laughs> <go like this. laughs> just put your arms put your arm your over your head and you're all set <clears throat> so uh that's one thing uh but there is of, oftentimes a, a sudden hair loss occurrence when people go through a fairly significant amount of uh, trauma or emotional loss or uh, physical illness. And suddenly they'll just, their hair will just go away, you know, or will drop uh, and they'll lose a lot of hair. Um, and what you do in a, that situation, you know, it came after uh, they developed hypothyroidism now they're replaced it's going to take a while but the hair will come back uh, they had a, um, a heart attack and they were hospitalized and they went into shock for a period of time or whatever now their hair is falling out like crazy just give it time it will come back and you know you don't want to do the things that that make hair uh want to fall off easier in other words you don't brush your hair a hundred times like they say they you you used to do uh you you don't um uh, use the heat devices so much because that's hard on the hair. Uh, you don't curl them. You don't do the blow dryer. You just uh, take good care of it. Uh, you don't use shampoo twice a day. You know, you shampoo once a week or twice a week, and you, you just m don't mess with it. And, uh, and uh, dyes or, or certain kinds of bleaches and so on and so forth, you try to avoid doing any of that stuff. Uh, but... Uh, or go to the very mildest. Uh, but then if the hair, and then you give it some time and be reassured. And uh, don't worry that, you know, people are, are, not, are more concerned about what they look like than what you look like. So you just kind of lean on that particular human nature uh, thing and say, you know, I'm doing as good as I can. Right. So what she's trying to What about Rogaine and Propecia? Uh, Rogaine and Propecia is like minoxidil, which is a, a medicine. And it will enhance hair growth as long as you're taking it. And it but if you have a per permanent male pattern baldness loss, like some people I know in this room, <laughs> um, it, it, 
you know, you have to st- t- stay on it forever or it'll fall out again. It will. Yeah. Because it's just natural for you to be bald. I guess you uh, have an inherited it. that condition. And, uh, you know, I think we what we need to do is wrap, our, wrap ourselves around loving, our, r- loving ourselves the way we are. Wear a hat to keep your head warm like you do, Bob. And there it is. You know, your hair has gotten thicker in the past couple months. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah. It came yeah. back after It really chemo. did. Chemo. It was thin, and oh, now gosh, chemo will thin. take it away, but I can't believe how thick it's become. Yeah, it's You're come back. fortunate. You must not have any male pattern, uh, baldness, pattern baldness or, or, or any all. testosterone either. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> oh, Bob. Oh, Bob's here. Scissors. He's ready to cut it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going to take our final break. Be back right after these okay. words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Been an interesting program, and it's interesting because you called in with questions, and we really do appreciate that. We had one more question that just came in. I'm sorry, I forgot. Oh, it was was about. Uh, Oh, I know, eggs. Eggs. All right, a woman just called in. I went blank. I couldn't think of it. Allergic to eggs. If she's allergic to eggs, should she take the vaccination? And the answer is, I believe that the vaccinations that we use for flu shot are egg-based, and that we're going to have to. Hope that you are covered by the herd effect. Hopefully, that other people around you have uh, had the flu shot, and that you would be protected. So, if you are allergic to eggs, and they do ask you that when you go in to take right. the flu shot, you really cannot have the flu shot. So, do you think that the flu is that big of a deal? I mean, how many people die from the flu? Right, a lot. A lot. It's scary. It, it really is thousands frightening. and thousands. I think it's in the thirty thousand or something like that. You know, when they brought the flu shot to babies, the old people stopped dying prematurely from the flu. It's the babies and the little kids, you know, the the young young people who have snotty noses and bring, you know, (laughs) hug grandma and then grandma gets sick. I mean, that's the point. I mean, it's the herd immunity almost that's more important than any of it. So So now young children are getting the flu shots, and it really is helping everyone else. It's helping. Mostly it's helping the 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 adults. And uh, pneumonia is the same story. You know, the little kid pneumonia shots have saved a lot of elderly people from dying prematurely. Well, the immunizations are well worth it. There have been a lot of negative things about immunizations of kids, and And we do our best not to... Promote that. We know it's hooey. Yeah. The well, immunizations have done a great job. You know, false rumors, uh, fake news is a real deal. And um, that's why we're doing this show. because, And we've done it for 25 years because people need to know the truth. Or as far as we know, the best truth that there is that's evidence-based, that's back, backed up by, by the truth and science. Well, and you've done a good job at it. And also, well, we just have a little bit of time, but do mention your program tomorrow Um, night. Television. Liz Droke, who is a registered dietitian and a teacher at SDSU, but is a dog and animal uh, expert on on, uh, this, will be our guest. And it's going to be a fun show. I hope you see it. Pets make us healthy. Well, I hope all of you will uh, tune in tomorrow night. South Dakota Public Television, 7 o'clock. Right now, we need to close our program, but we hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Rick, that's all till next week. Thank you, Joan. Thank you, Bob. And stay healthy out there, people.